kids get in there and they get too much of themselves and they start trying to take matters and, and, and go their own way and everything like that, they're going to end up losing. If they make the game about themselves, they're going to lose the game. If they make the game about teamwork and working together for victory, then that's going to be the team that ends up prevailing uh, in the end. We're going to actually see tonight, just beforehand, on these next few moments, we're going to see how in the Christ-following world, when we place anything or anyone over and above our team, the team of the kingdom of God, it's called idolatry. And when we do that, we're guaranteed to lose. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really tough go because when we, when we go our own way, things tend to not go real well. You know, last week we started a, a new four-week series that we're going through stories, four different stories of of people when they decided to go their own way rather than waiting on God, rather than allowing God in the fullness of God's time to come through in the way that God longed to come through for them and the fallout for what those decisions are. You know, last week we started with the Abraham narrative and this truth that God's timing requires our patience. It requires us to be patient, and while we're waiting, God's still working. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God is still at work while we're waiting, and so don't waste your waiting. That's what we talked about last week. We don't want to waste our waiting. Don't miss out on the opportunity we have as we're waiting on God to come through, and so we work hard as unto the Lord. We'd, we, we get educated in the way that God longs for us to renew our minds and expand our minds. We go to the doctor and make sure that, that our health is where it needs to be or if there's something that a doctor or medical office needs to help in order to get us to healing the way that we're asking the Lord for in our lives. We don't waste our waiting. And so tonight, it's the exodus and the wilderness wandering. It's the story of Moses and how impatience with God can lead to idolatry. And so if, if we go our own way, oftentimes we're going to elevate something over and above God, and we're going to try to manufacture God's outcome, and then we want to just kind of tag that God did it for us. And so that's actually called idolatry, and we want to be aware of that. And so let's just dive in tonight, Exodus chapter 32. While you're turning there, uh, Exodus, this is beginning the story of Israel receiving freedom from slavery and then it goes into their journey, this wilderness wandering, uh, as we know it, through the desert uh, as they are on their way to the land that God promised to give them. Now, the journey took longer than they anticipated for it to take, and they began to grow restless, all right? And uh, during one of the delays, one of, there were many of them, but during one of the la delays, Moses is up on the mountaintop having a conversation with God. And while Moses is having this conversation with God, the people are waiting down below at base camp uh, for Moses to return. Moses then is taking longer than they thought he should take. Also, they weren't quite sure what may have happened to him. Maybe he got uh, injured. Maybe he died up there. They're just not exactly sure what happened because there weren't cell phones and there weren't uh, walkie-talkies and satellite phones and all that kind of thing going on. But as time goes on, the people become increasingly impatient. And as they become increasingly impatient waiting on their leaders, this impatient leads to a really surprising request. And this surprising request is for idols that they can worship. Now, this is a people who the sea of the, the Red Sea had been parted for them to walk along, 
and they knew that this was God who was traveling before and ahead of them um, uh, and also behind them and was showing them a way. And so it was very obvious who they were to worship. But here they are left to their own devices. And the next thing you know, they got tired of waiting on God. And they're like, well, let's just make our own gods. Even more surprising than that, the leader that Moses left in charge, Aaron, um, was there with them. They asked him, and he goes, okay. It was very surprising that he obliged their request. And so, therefore, they brought all this gold and everything, and they throw it into the fire. They melt it down, and a golden calf, this idol, was created that the Israelites worshipped. This is the story that took place. And this is what happened whenever people went their own way. And so we're going to start in verse 1 of Exodus 32, kind of recap some of what I just said, and then move forward uh, into kind of how this outcome um, turned out for them. Verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, let make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, as if he was just somebody, we don't know what has happened to him. They're impatient at this time. What they didn't understand is from God's perspective, he didn't feel like this had been very long at all. But what he, what he thought was incredibly impatient was how quickly they turned from him in their impatience. Time with God, time with people are two very different things. Verse 8, God says, They've been quick to turn away, very quick to turn away, from what I commanded them and have made an idol for themselves cast in the shape of a calf. They've bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. They departed from God the Father and said, These idols, this golden calf, these idols we're making, they are the ones who actually brought you up out of Egypt. Here's what we have to understand in reading this story. First of all, our experience of time and God's experience of time are not equal. Very important for us to see this. While we wait on the Lord, it's really important to remember that our perspective we only see part of. We're only partial in our perspective, but God's perspective is eternal. God sees the full picture. God sees past, present, future. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. And so for what us, when we grow impatient, it may seem like a really, really short amount of time to the Lord. And so in our impatience, we have to understand there's a bigger picture going on here. There's more going on than we can see and understand. And so it's important to, to understand that response and so in response to the Israelites quickly abandoning God, God says to Moses this. He says in verse 9, I've seen these people. They are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. These are very strong words from the Lord. God wants to send Moses to base camp so that God's wrath may burn hot against them and that God may destroy them because of their impatience. They didn't wait on the Lord. Now, if you ever wonder the power of prayer, may this story teach you the power of prayer. And that while some things in a way that we can't understand may be going down a certain path, when we pray, somehow, some way, the Lord gives us influence in God's decision-making. 
Listen to these words here. Moses stands in the gap for Israel, pleads on their behalf before God. In verse 11, he says, Lord, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented. God gave them influence on the outcome. And the Lord relented and he did not bring on his people the disaster that he had threatened. Moses sticks his neck out for the stiff-necked people. He goes to bat for them. He begins to ask God to save them. He intercedes on their behalf and the Lord chooses to relent from his intention to destroy the Israelites. Now what may seem in this instance is that they actually, things went their way, and it may have worked out. As they went their own way, it may appear as if it worked out because they did not receive the consequences for their actions. Here is something important for us to remember um, from what God brought to the table for us last week. When people go their own way, it doesn't remove the mercy of God. This is an important piece for us to understand. When we're waiting on the Lord, there are times we're going to mess up. We're going to go our own way. We're going to try to produce the outcome. We're going to, maybe even with the best intentions, we're just going to be off because we can't see the full picture. When people go their own way, it doesn't remove the mercy of God. God's mercy shows up every single day. And we can trust that. And we can find hope in that. God's mercy will show up. Now, what we're going to do at this point right now is we're actually going to push pause. Because this story, in and of itself right here, that teaching alone, that's enough for us to understand tonight. We can see that God's mercy shows up no matter what. We can see how the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and it is effective. But if you want to know how the rest of this story plays out and you want to know the strength of this story, what we're going to do is we're going to pray, we're going to sing, we're going to turn the game on, and at halftime, we're going to play a game, including prizes. So make sure you volunteer. Your game, including prizes. And then we're going to finish talking about this story of what God did in the lives of these Israelites, what happened with Moses when he came down off the mountain, and how we can avoid making idols in our own lives just like the Israelites did. And so remember, when people go their own way, it doesn't remove the mercy of God. Father, we love you, and we praise your name tonight. And Lord, we thank you for this truth, that Lord, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And Lord, in such a way that you give us the ability to speak to you and to ask you to change the course of the future in people's lives. And it's amazing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to speak to you, that you will hear our prayers, and Lord, that you will take them into account on the outcome of what has happened. 
Father, I pray that you will help us when it comes to our patience with you. It's so easy to go our own way. It's so easy to grow impatient and think you're taking so long in returning and responding and bringing your prayer, um, uh, bringing an answer to our prayer. But Lord, your delay isn't necessarily your denial. And so Lord, I pray that you will help us to, to increase our patience. And that Lord, we are sitting here and we're thinking, Lord, we know that there are dark times and there are difficult times that we encounter. But Lord, your delay doesn't mean that you're distant. Lord, you're near and you're with us. We just only can see part. And so, Lord, thank you for seeing the full picture. So, Lord, would you help us in our darkest of hour, let us say, we're going to praise your name. Lord, in our, in, in our time of need, we're going to say, Lord, you see far more than we can see, and so we trust you with the outcome. And, Lord, while it is such a, a, a prominent response for impatience to be a descriptor of our culture, Lord, may we fight that norm of our culture, and may we place our trust, place our vision, place our future, and Lord, may we intercede on behalf of our families, other people, our church family, in a way that, Lord, you hear our prayers. And Lord, as we live this life, waiting on you, Lord, in the fullness of your time, may you make our path straight. We trust you and we praise your name, and we ask this through the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as we get a chance to kind of stand to our feet and we get to declare with all of our voices united together, let us sing and let us praise God. In this low, hard moment, in the moments where we're waiting, may our answer be yes to whatever the Lord is asking us to do. Let's stand to our feet and let's sing. So, so, um, so here's, here's where, we, where we were, all right? So when we stopped... Tonight, we had talked about Moses, and he was about to come down off the mountain. He's going to see what the Israelites were up to. And whenever he gets down, all of a sudden, he discovers that they've created a, a golden calf, and they've now switched credit from God the Father, being the one that had rescued them and brought them out of slavery, to now this golden calf did it. And there's this idol that they created because they were being impatient. The good news is they weren't destroyed in that very moment because... Moses went to bat for the people, and he was able to intercede on behalf of God's people. And we learned that when people go their own way, it doesn't remove the mercy of God. We also learned that the power of prayer and the power of intercession on behalf of other people, it actually does make a difference in people's lives. And so God's mercy still shows up. Even when we take things into our own uh, hands at certain times, God's mercy still shows up. Here's the thing that we are learning at this point right now. Because God did not destroy in that very moment, two things happen. The first one is the immediate result is universalism. Do you see this? Because what basically happened is this perceived victory of the people of God, all right, believed that all gods lead humanity to the same result. Now, this is a significant moment because all of God's people are down here at the mountain and they, they, they all of a sudden, they created their own God. They gave credit for what happened in their past. They're hoping to give credit for what's happening in the future. And so basically, whatever we place as most important in our lives, it's going to bring us to the same result. We see effects of this in our day on a regular basis where there's lots of people that would say, it doesn't matter what God you believe in, all roads lead to the same thing. The reality is that is absolutely not true. 
So the immediate result, universalism, it appeared to be this perceived victory that all gods lead humanity to the same result. But here's the long-term result. The long-term result of them, them going their own way is trial and tribulation. Why? Because of idolatry. It's because they elevated something over and above God in this moment of impatience. And they weren't waiting on the Lord. So we're going to pick that up. Exodus 32, verse 15. Um, this is where Moses is coming down, and we're going to see how this plays out. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of law in his hands. The Ten Commandment tablets, right? Those. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. Get this. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen that happen? Like, so cool to have seen that happen. That would have been neat. Verse 17, when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's the sound of war in the camp. And Moses replies, nah, it's not the sound of victory. It's not the sound of defeat. It's the sound of singing I hear. Verse 19, Moses approached the camp. He saw the golden calf and the dancing, and his anger burned. Why? He had stuck his neck out for these stiff-necked people. He had gone to bat for them. He had interceded for them. And what did they do? They betrayed him. They betrayed his trust. He was trusting Aaron to keep things in order. He was trusting the people to worship God and remain steadfast. And he stuck his neck out for them, and they betrayed him. And so here he is. His anger burned. He threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Moses calls the people who are loyal to him. And he said, and, and the sons of Levi, the, excuse me, those who are loyal to the Lord and those who are loyal to him, and who shows up? It's the sons of Levi that show up. These priests show up. They join him, and guess what they did? They arm up, and they attack the Israelites. This is a significant moment. You have this Moses who's, who's done everything he can for the people. And now he's like, here we go. So what was the long-term result? The long-term result of Israel going their own way was civil war. And this is what happens. When we go our own direction, we can vilify other people within the kingdom of God, can't we? Because then all of a sudden we're not seeing the best in people. All of a sudden we're seeing where people are, are falling short. All of a sudden we're seeing perhaps maybe in other people what we hope nobody sees in ourselves. And what ends up happening is infighting. What ends up happening is civil war. And in this um, moment, it resulted in the death of 3,000 people. Because these people wanted to elevate something over and above God the Father. So what we can learn from all of this is growing impatient, it can lead to idolatry. It doesn't need, it doesn't have to, it doesn't um, say that it always will. I mean, we're, I think everybody in this room, there have been times that we've been impatient and it didn't lead to idolatry. But oftentimes, there are, that, that we're wanting God to show up and do something special in our lives and we grow impatient and we try to manufacture God's result. We try to create what we believe God's result is. And when it happens, we feel victorious. And there are times we go, look at what God did. And God may be looking at us going, I didn't do that. You did that on your own. That wasn't me. And it results in a really hard time. 
That doesn't mean that it always happens, but it can lead to idolatry. And so what we have to ask ourselves on a night like tonight is this question. Where has your impatience caused you to elevate the importance or attention of things or people over God? Has there been time in your life where you being impatient, you're hoping for an outcome, be it your health, you're hoping for an outcome, be your, your financial situation, you're hoping for an outcome, be it, you know, whatever the case may be, your job, everything that caused you because of you're just really longing for God to show up and it's just taking him longer. That you, then you elevated the importance, you elevated the attention of things or people over God. So this is kind of an example the way it works is, you know, Dave Ramsey in his financial piece talks about credit card debt where, man, there's just something that we want. There's something that we feel like we need, but really more of a want than anything. We end up going and making this purchase that we don't have the money for in order to impress people that we don't even know. Or maybe it's we go and make this purchase for something that we don't have the money for just because we want it sooner than later, rather than the delayed gratification of God coming through at his due time, and he wants to supply the need in order for us to even get the want, supply the money in order to even get the want, but we rob God of the ability to do that, and then we end up having to pay interest, and we end up having to all kinds of stuff and have credit card debt. This is one way that it can happen. There's another way that it happens a lot of times is that we look at our situation, we look at our life, and we say, Lord, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to give generously. I can't prioritize you because I got to pay rent. I got to pay my bills. I got to pay all these things that are needs on this earth. And so we have to take matters into our own hands there. We kind of go our own way and we let our economy determine how God's economy works in our life. And that's how we, we can justify it in our mind when God longs to do it in another way. And the Lord desires to bless in ways if we'll just trust him the Lord will come through in the way that only God can in God's perfect timing. But sometimes we will elevate our situation. We will elevate our financial reality over and above God, and thus we create an idol out of money. We create an idol out of possessions simply because we sit there and say we can't afford. But yet the Lord says, if you will just trust me, and you will give first fruits, I'll make the math work out. But guaranteed, every time you take matters into your own hands or you go your own way, I promise you there will be too much month for your money. It happens proof positive all the time. I talk to people all the time about this. So just hear that. You know, another way that sometimes that we elevate something over and above the Lord is children. Sometimes we get so busy taxiing kiddos all over the world that we can, be, we can create an idol out of our children where all of a sudden we're taxing, we're working, 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 we're going, 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 and the next thing is, is it's Sunday, and it's like, you know what, I'm exhausted. I have a headache. We've been doing all kinds of stuff all, all the time, and I'm going to just stay home. I'm not going to gather together with the church, and I'm just going to be here. You know, or, or, or man, your, your kiddo, they got a lot of homework. They got to do a lot of homework. They got to do a lot of stuff, and you just say, you know what, why don't you stay we're just going to stay home tonight. We're not going to gather together. You know, don't worry about student ministry. Don't worry about these things because you've got to get your schoolwork done. Forget the fact that we could have said you had all weekend to do that, get it done before now. You know, but, but that's kind of an, a, a way that we can elevate children over and above the Lord in our lives. 
Did you know that it's also possible to elevate your spouse over and above the Lord? You can make an idol out of your husband or your wife. Did you know that, students? Did you know that someday you could make an idol out of your, your wife or your husband? You can elevate them over and above the Lord in your life to where they become more important, to where it's spouse one, God two, kids three. That's out of whack. It's not going to work out well for you if you do that. We've got to have God one, spouse two, kids three, or distant three, you know, uh, and, then, and then the rest of everybody four. And so that's the reality. Did you know you also can actually elevate serving? You actually can do that. The Lord, or the enemy loves to create this in our lives, where we get so busy saying yes to all these really good things that we become ineffective at all of them. <laughs> you know, and so we can serve and serve and serve, and, and what ends up happening is there's burnout, and then, and then it's like, man, I, I, I feel guilty, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm just going to kind of fall away from the church. And then it's hard to reenter and all that. It just gets to be a big old mess, all because... We got our priorities out of whack, and we made idols out of these things that inherently are not bad, inherently are really good, but we've elevated them to an unhealthy level, and it's wreaked havoc in our lives. You know, when we grow impatient with God, it's kind of like, you know, at Thanksgiving. You ever been to the place where, I don't know if your families are this way, but inevitably the Thanksgiving meal is at like 2.30 or 3 in my family. Uh, that's just kind of the way it works. Well, I'm hungry at like 11.30. You know, I'm ready to eat at 11.30. I'm smelling all these things. I'm watching all this food be prepared. I've been watching food be prepared for days, right? And it's like I'm ready to eat, and it's so good at 11.30, and so I start sneaky snacking. You know, you start snacking, and you start snacking, and you start snacking, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? My mom, she always has these little bowls of candy out. You know, those little gooey, like, orange chews with the sugar on the outside of them? Every time I walk by the dumb bowl, I have to eat one, you know, and I'm hungry. Next thing you know, I'm not hungry for the meal because I've filled up on sugar and sweets and cookies because that's what's available. This is the idea there. I know some of you are kind of going, what's the problem with that? Sugar and sweets are really, really delicious. Well, that's true, but it's not the thing that sustains us. It's not the thing that's best for us. We're looking for the turkey and the dressing Praise God for the dressing and all of these things. But if we, if we fill up on things beforehand that are not as quality, it's going to impact ourselves negatively. It's the same idea where we're like somebody who eats before the meal and spoils the whole thing. We consume something. We, we, we go our own way and we ruin the whole thing that God has planned for us because we're not trusting. We make this idol, and when we make an idol out of it, it does not end well. Idols continually take more than you have to give. They will take and take and take, leaving you dissatisfied. So you're going to have to keep consuming and keep doing these things to keep up. That's not what God longs to fill us up with. God longs to fill us up with his promises. God longs to fill us up with his goodness. And that's what it's all about. And so tonight, as we think about this story of the Israelites, we can filter and we can put ourselves in this story really, really easily. But the most important thing we do in this is, number one, we have to understand, going our own way, it doesn't end well. I'm not saying that going your own way is going to end in civil war. But I can promise going your own way does not end well. Going God's way ends well. But number two, thankfully for this hope, 
when we go our way, because I know we're going to keep messing up, but when we go our way, God doesn't abandon his plans or break his promises. And so these are two things that while we understand this story, we can put ourselves in this story, we put ourselves and we think in our mind, where is it that we've, our impatience has caused us to elevate things over and above to try to manufacture God's will in our life? Let's stop doing that. Thankfully, there's nothing we can do that'll ever make us love God or it'll ever make God love us any less. And there's also nothing we can do that'll ever make God love us any more. Idols continually take more than we have to give. And so can we agree together that we're going to just elevate God, elevate the fullness of God's time? He sees it all. There's just things we just cannot see. And so let's not let our impatience rob us of the full picture. Let's not let our impatience make us premature in the outcome to where the outcome is far less than what God has for our lives. Let's agree to elevate God in the fullness of time to the top of our priorities. We work like it depends on us. We pray like it depends on God. There's that balance. And we trust God with the outcome in the fullness of God's time. Deal? How about we pray together and uh, you guys refresh your plates, get some more desserts, make sure you get a bag of strawberries. Um, If this is going to be when you decide, okay, I think I'm good for tonight, I'm going to go on home and do what I need to do next, perfectly fine. You want to watch the second half, we're going to be here watching the second half. We'll probably start cleaning some things up and everything throughout the second half. But if you want to stick around, stick around. Um, Your call on your your schedule, of course. Uh, But thank you. Thanks for being here tonight. I hope you've been encouraged uh, by this story, and I hope that it helps us to make sure that we get our priorities where they need to be. Father, we love you and we praise your name and thank you. Thank you, Lord, for fun. Thank you for your meaning. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for this time together. Lord, will you, will you bind us together? And Lord, will you help us to, to have our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before us, we endure whatever this world throws our way. We work hard to not grow impatient but we work hard to give patience and to trust you with the outcomes of our lives. Lord, we work like it depends on us. Lord, we pray and we intercede on behalf of one another, our families, everybody, because we know you give us a voice in those determining factors. And Lord, we thank you for that. But Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. So Lord, will you help us to know when we're growing impatient? And Lord, just paint the picture that there's more going on than we can see. And let us just hear the voice of our Father saying, trust me, and may we trust you. We love you, Lord. We praise your name, and we pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.